The topics and opinions expressed on the following show are solely those of the host and their guests and not those of W4CS Radio, its employees, or affiliates. W4CS makes no recommendations or endorsements for radio show programs, services, or products mentioned on air or on our web. Any questions or comments should be directed to those show hosts. Thank you for listening to the Cancer Support Network on W4CS.com. Any health-related information on the following show provides general information only. Content presented on any show by any host or guest should not be substituted for a doctor's advice. Always consult your physician before beginning any new diet, exercise, or treatment program. Five to Thrive Live, everyone. I am Carolyn Gazella, and I am joined by my co-host and good friend, Dr. Lise Ulschuller. Hello, Lise. Hello, Carolyn. How are you today? I'm great. I actually, Lise, I don't know if you know this, but my horse, Bo, that you have ridden, mm-hmm. um, he has an arthritic hip and uh, low back problem. So I started a rehab program for Big Bo, and mm-hmm. it's like interval training for horses. It's the coolest thing, and you would you would like it. It's like Tabata, you know. We're doing, you know, where <laughs> yeah. he like he like takes fifteen steps backwards, and then he rests for thirty seconds, and then he do, does that six times, and it's really cool. So I'm really hopeful that Big Bo is not going to be any in any pain, and we can ride him again. And when you come back for a visit, you can ride him again. So I had my uh, first training session with Bo, my little interval training with Bo this afternoon. So that was pretty cool. It kind of yeah. made my day. Yeah. yeah, that sounds pretty interesting <laughs> and was. fun. I it mean, was. yeah, boy, you know, it's, I see no reason why horses should not be subjected to the same things we are. <laughs> <laughs> that's true. That's true. So that was fun. And you know what, Lise, last week mm. was fun, too. I had a great show with Dr. John Neustadt about natural options for bone health. We talked about bone density. We talked about osteoporosis, osteopenia. Um, you know, Dr. Newstead is just a wealth of information, and this happens to be his area of expertise. So it was a great show. Um, if you've missed the show, that show, or any of our shows, don't worry, because all of our shows are on iHeartRadio. Just go to iHeart.com, type in 5 to Thrive Live, and you'll find us. And all of our past shows are at our website, iThrivePlan.com. Just click on the radio button, and you'll be able to see the schedule, and you'll be able to access past shows. So go to iThrivePlan.com. Mm-hmm. And as we usually do, we want to start off by thanking our sponsors, who are Cetria Glutathione Cognizance Citicoline and the iThrive Plan. We appreciate our sponsors very much, which uh, you know have allowed us to stay on the air all these years doing this show. Absolutely. We love our sponsors. And tonight we do have a great show and an inspirational guest for you. Tonight we're going to hear uh, from a long-term ovarian cancer thriver. I personally am am very excited to meet our guest because uh, we have a kinship both as ovarian uh, cancer survivors. But, you know, everyone's journey is different. And I'm just so excited to hear about her journey um, because uh, she's amazing, amazing. 
Indeed. Well, I'm delighted to introduce our guest. So our guest tonight is Reverend Elaine Thomas. And Reverend Thomas has worked in the metaphysical field for 47 years as a medium, a healer, spiritual counselor, and teacher. She was ordained in 1974 as a spiritualist minister. In 1988, she co-founded and became the co-director of the School of Spiritual Healing and Prophecy. Uh, in 1975, she received a BS in education from the University of Buffalo, and then in 1981, completed her master's degree in counseling at Canisius College, and she focused on grief counseling and her personal experience with the transformative gifts that mediumship can bring. She's been a guest on TV and radio, including Oprah, Oprah's Oprah Network's Beyond Belief and the HBO movie No One Dies in Lilydale. Elaine, welcome to the show. Oh, it's great to be here. Thank you for having me. Well, Elaine, it's such a pleasure for me personally to meet you. And I have to tell you, that is a very interesting bio, perhaps the most interesting bio that we've read here on the show. I mean, a medium (laughs) healer, prophecy, spiritualist minister. You know, obviously, you are drawn uh, to the the spiritual side of things. And I'm wondering... You know, what back in the day uh, brought you um, to that spiritual path? What drew you uh, to that spiritual path? <laughs> well, in, in a very quick thumbnail sketch, when I was six years old, one of my grandfathers died very suddenly. And within a week, my mother was coming to the breakfast table and talking about how Grandpa had stood at the foot of her bed in her dreams. And I immediately knew that uh, he was really there, and shortly after that, um, when I'd be out playing with my friends and about to get into mischief, I'd either hear his voice or I'd see him, and he would never tell me not to, but he was always there kind of being my triple conscience or, you know, guiding me about, you know, choosing the right options, and then years later, in my teens, I started exploring intuitive things and reading Edgar Casey and other people and there was no job description for the the abilities that I had uh, it's not something that guidance counselors say oh you can go to college for this um, but <laughs> <laughs> then when I was 20 I was lucky enough to meet a woman who had grown up in England she was 83 when I met her and I was 20 and she had been a student of Sir Arthur Conan Doyle of Sherlock Holmes fame and his wife, Lady Doyle, who was a transmedium in England. And Mm. so I studied with her for many years and kind of incorporated what I knew and what I was experiencing with my spiritual path with my training um, at the university. And uh, though the school districts I worked for didn't really know that much about that part of my work. I was able to use my intuition and the guidance I received along with all the left brain stuff to have my kids do extremely well in school. So that's kind of a nutshell. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's really a wonderful thing that you've dedicated your life to. And um, my father, who passed from a, a pancreatic cancer over a little over 10 years ago, actually was, um, uh, he didn't call himself a medium, but he referred to himself as somebody who who conversed with what he called inner voices, 
what spiritual guides and really as we were growing up encouraged us all his kids to access that part of ourselves and we've all carried the tradition on and in, in you know some of us more so than others but um i you know it's it's just such a, an important i think part of life and i'm really delighted that you've dedicated so much of your life to that and i imagine that that has really helped you be such a thriver that you are because you've been uh, managing with ovarian cancer for quite some time. When were you first diagnosed? I was first diagnosed in uh, the fall of 2005. Um, in uh, the spring of of um, 2005, I was supposed to go in for a DNC because I was bleeding a lot. And um, just before I was supposed to go in, um, we found out my mother had brain can- stage four brain cancer, and mm. not consciously knowing it, but responding, I remember saying to myself, "I can't take care of her and me at the same time." And I don't know if it would have been dysplasia at that point or stage one, but um, uh, she passed in. Um, June of 2005, and all that summer I thought, oh, gee, I'm just exhausted from taking care of her. And um, then I found out that um, in the beginning of September I had a hysterectomy and found out that, you know, it was ovarian cancer. And nobody in my family had ever had an estrogen-based cancer. So, um, you know, it was kind of a, a first in our family. Wow, that's so interesting, Elaine, because um, my mom passed away from advanced pancreatic cancer less than three months before I was diagnosed, and I I had kind of a similar thing, too, where I was just kind of blowing it off and saying, oh, well, I'm depressed, and I'm tired, and I'm exhausted, and, you know, and then finally the pain got to the point where I couldn't, you know, but that's that's interesting, because your mom would have died just a a few months before uh, your diagnosis as well. Yes, and and I know this is going to sound like a sick joke, but I remember after getting the diagnosis, I turned to my husband and I said, "Oh, it's a good thing Mom's dead because <laughs> because this would have killed her." <laughs> it's true, right? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> little dark humor, but um, I think you, I think some of your listeners might understand mm-hmm. that. Yeah, I actually personally understand that, you know, so, um, well, you know what, it is time for our first break. Uh, When we come back, we're going to continue this conversation with cancer thriver Elaine Thomas. Stay tuned. We'll be right back. Attention all cancer survivors. Are you ready to thrive? Hello, I'm Dr. Lee Sauschuler. And I'm Carolyn Gazella, and we are the creators of the new iThrive Cancer Survivor Online Wellness Plan. iThrive creates an individualized wellness plan specifically based on your health needs. We focus on five key areas to improve your health. Diet, movement, environment, rejuvenation, and spirit. After completing a short survey, an individualized iThrive plan will be created just for you. Your plan will contain recommended, interactive, interesting, and innovative action steps in these five key areas of lifestyle. The iThrive plan will help you to recover from cancer treatment, 
reduce your risk of recurrence, and to achieve optimal wellness. In other words, it will help you thrive. For more information about the iThrive Plan, visit www.ithriveplan.com. That's ithriveplan.com. Check it out today and receive a special time-limited offer. Visit www.ithriveplan.com today. It's time to thrive, everyone. We are constantly being bombarded by toxins in the air we breathe, water we drink, and even the foods we eat. So what's the answer? Glutathione. It's inside every cell in your body and protects you from the damage of oxidative stress and toxins. There's a special patented form of glutathione that is superior called Cetria. Cetria is pure, vegetarian, and allergen-free. Help replenish your body's reserves of this very important nutrient, detoxified a natural way. Visit cetriaglutathione.com. That's cetriaglutathione.com. Live. I am Carolyn Gazella. I'm here with my co-host, Dr. Lise Ulschuler. We have a fabulous guest. Elaine Thomas is an ovarian cancer survivor. We're talking about her cancer. And Elaine, after being initially treated for ovarian cancer, you experienced a recurrence. When did that happen? It happened probably only about six months after uh, the first set of chemo treatments. And... Um, um, I would like to say that if I had it to do over, you know, that if I knew then what I know now, um, I would not have started out having chemo. Mm. I would have taken my time and deciding what therapies to go with because I don't, um, because there were things that happened with my immune system as a result of that chemo that, um, I didn't have all the same resources available to me physically. Um, and having said that, it, it's not a bad thing, and that would just be my personal choice. Um, and I credit, um, I would be more educated before I made a decision. And one of the one of the things that I learned early on in my journey was to pay attention to what what my gut what felt right in my gut and I educated myself I I would get online sometimes scaring myself with the knowledge and research and talking to both allopathic and um complementary medicine people and then I learned how to pay attention I live in a part of the country that uh, doesn't have the resources that Phoenix or L.A. or New York have, New York City. <laughs> and so I kind of had to form my own program. And uh, I learned not to let what doctors or families or friends thought scare me and to stay in my center and realize that there are multiple ways of approaching it and had to kind of develop my own program over the years. 
Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know, that's so important. And I think that that resilience is critical, I would say essential to especially people with uh, cancers like ovarian cancer, which, you know, unfortunately can recur. And uh, there's this constant, you know, drama of CA125s that can be traumatic, actually, as you're waiting to see what's happening with those numbers. So having that resilience is just so, so very critical. And in fact, you have dealt with recurrences. Um, you know, I, I wonder if you could uh, describe, I don't even know how you would summarize all of that, but um, maybe <laughs> describe how many recurrences you've been fortunate enough to experience. Um, in the 11 and a half years since I was first diagnosed, uh, there have been five reoccurrences. And... Um, it wasn't always easy. I mean, there have been, you know, some pretty heavy, dark moments. And uh, I don't know, about a year, year and a half ago, I sat at my computer and I asked myself, so, you know, what has this taught me? You know, how have I gotten through this? And, you know, let's take a look at this, Elaine. And if I could share with you a few bullet points, um, one is attitude is everything. And even when I felt like something that the dog wouldn't drag in, um, I was determined to keep my spirits up. Um, <laughs> I knew that um, if I was going to be down, I would only allow myself to be down for a day or an hour and then pull myself out of it. And I used Bach flower remedies, which are like magic. In fact, there was one chemo drug that they had me on for a while that caused massive depression. And I went to my Bach flower remedy book and looked it up. And probably within a minute and a half after I took those drops under my tongue, um, all the depression was gone. And um, uh, the other thing is, is that I read this book, and I wish I could remember the title of it for you, but it was early on in this journey. And it was about a young man who had been diagnosed, I think he was 20 years old, with uh, a cancer that only 3% of the people had ever survived, and there was no known cure or even anything to really hold it back. And um, (laughs) he decided that um, somebody had to be part of that 3%. And he went through nothing complimentary but real torture. Uh, And he was determined he was going to be part of that 3%, and he tried everything. And uh, when I read the book, the man was 43. And that, that really went in. And I said, well, you know, I'm not going to pay attention to all this. And for me, uh, support groups are good for some people, um, but I didn't want to go to a group to be in the consciousness of everybody thinking about sickness. But I did have friends and family that, you know, when I needed to unload or talk, um, I could do it. But I knew that because I, I tend to be a bit empathic, I knew for me it wasn't a healthy thing for me to sit in that energy with other people, even though it could be incredibly supportive. So I kind of went my own way and um, and paid attention intuitively and sought out guidance and 
one of the things that, um, and I, uh, I want your listeners to know that that um, Lise was not really prepped on what I'm going to say next, but <laughs> she has been her work as a physician and healer has been a major part of my wellness all these years, and. Um, after all these years, one of the most prevalent words on my CAT scans, thank God, is um, uh, not remarkable. And meaning that all these other internal organs have always remained healthy. And her guidance has helped me to either uh, roll back the cancer to sustain health. In fact, at one point I went on what some some people know about the ketogenic diet, which um, for those of you who don't know, it's a kind of extreme form of the paleo diet. And there's a whole science behind why it could <coughs> possibly uh, trigger a reversal of the cancer. Well, it didn't do that for me, but what it did was from the time I was 20 and had an x-ray where they had seen that I had had a fatty liver, all my CAT scans showed, oh, Elena has a fatty liver. After seven months on the ketogenic diet, the cancer didn't go away, but I haven't had a fatty liver for three years now. Mm. <laughs> and the doctors can't figure it out. And all of the complementary things, whether it be homeopathy or nutrition or um, the inner work that Lise knows so much about, uh, it's a good part of how I have been able to maintain that center and that good attitude and lead most of the time a very productive uh, and full life. Yeah, I have to say, Elaine, I, I just really appreciate you recognizing and honoring Dr. Alshuler because, um, I, I, you know, she's very humble and she doesn't... Uh, um, I, I don't often get a chance to toot her own horn, but I, I hear this uh, from people that um, she really is truly a healer, and and I'm, I'm so glad that she has been able to help you. And I, I know that you have a lot of sh- a lot to share in terms of um, advice and wisdom, and but I have kind of a more of a pr- practical question for you, and and we definitely want to talk about the alternative medicine, but from your first diagnosis throughout these five recurrences. Have you always um, used conventional medicine? Have you always um, gone back to chemotherapy and used, you know, uh, conventional medicine as a, as a portion of your treatment plan? Not every time. There were times when one of the things I could say that I've been blessed with in the, with the illness that I've dealt with is that it's always been slow-growing, and um, so there were times when I said, no, I'm not going to go back for chemo. I'm going to work with this. We're going to see what happens. You know, even though my CA-125 was above the 35 marker. Um, and, you know, everything from working with lease to polyMVA to uh, oxygen tank therapy. And, boy, that was hard to get it, climb into one of those and SEAC and, you know, acupuncture. And by the way, for your listeners, um, the doctors told me originally (laughs) neuropathy was something I'd have to live with. And it was in my feet and it was numbness and tingling and shooting pains and several months of weekly acupuncture treatments and it went away and Mm. it, 
it's not reared its head since if I feel any kind of tingling, I'm back at the acupuncturist and one treatment and I'm fine. Wow, that's awesome. Yeah, and now that you've disclosed that we've worked together, I can toot your ho- your horn, Elaine, <laughs> because you really are um, somebody that I would consider to be an outlier in that um, you have such a tremendous uh, commitment to your health and to your healing process, which I've observed to be very critical to the, um, I don't know, success is kind of a weird word, but to the success of your of your journey. And I think that... You know, you are somebody that we all should learn from because what it, whatever you have that has given you the stamina and the commitment and the patience to and the resource, inner resources to engage on this journey and to use all the tools that, that you can and to seek the help that you can to be open to new things, to, you know, include your logical mind and your heart in the process is really, really important. I wish that more people could approach their health and their illnesses like you do. And I hope that you uh, will inspire lots of people. And I know we're going to learn some of your key learnings tonight. And um, so I guess, you know, just to kind of context or balance Carolyn's questions before we get to the heart of that, which I'm I'm eager to. I just want to make sure that uh, if there's anything else that you want to share with our listeners about the kind of treatments that you use, because clearly you've kind of used both conventional and natural. You've done either or. You've done both and. Anything around that that you want to share before we move on? Uh, Yeah. um, Along with the things that I mentioned, some of the complementary things, I learned that if somebody suggested something to me, whether it be another practitioner or a um, uh, a friend, um, I don't put anything in my mouth without consulting Lise. I'm just as this is an unabashed advertisement on my part for your knowledge. The minutia and stuff that she will research for me just always amazes me. And and the second thing is um, uh, what I've done for myself is um, is I'm not willing to accept that there's not another way. And are we willing to do whatever it takes to make something happen? And some days I'm better at it than others. And I think that's the key. And my husband said something very special to me shortly after my first surgery and my first diagnosis. And he said, honey, only you can decide that you're going to be here or not. I can't do it for you. I'll hold your hand. But you have to, this is your walk. And It was said with such love that, you know, because we all have to own our own lives. And um, I said to a friend who is um, a a holistic practitioner uh, in Ohio, I said to him, I said, you know, Ken, I I said, I never would have consciously chosen um, this challenge to learn what I've learned and uh, in such a difficult way. And he looked at me, and he's got this crazy sense of humor. He said, Elaine, 
have you ever considered that maybe this was the easy way to learn it? <laughs> and, <put> a... <laughs> and I went, oh, no, that wasn't even on my radar screen. <laughs> now, there's a good change of perspective, right? Yeah. Uh... <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> now, Elaine, before we get into more of your your learnings, how is your health today? My health is is uh, very good today. Uh, for the last uh, two years ago, in 2015, I had a very big surgery, and um, they were not able to get all of the doctors said we didn't get everything, and my CA125 was uh, 43, and then I went and. Um, I had a relapse of my possibilities, and I went through chemo again. And um, uh, it was awful. My numbers only went down five points. And uh, I hadn't really listened to Dr. L. Schuler. I hadn't heard when she told me about Dr. Howard Bruckner. And after the surgery, I contacted Dr. Bruckner in New York City. He's in the Bronx, and he does um, multiple low-dose chemotherapy and other agents. And he's not a complementary medicine doctor, though he is on the cutting edge, and he's been doing this for over 40 years. And um, after uh, two days of his form of treatment, um, two weeks later, my numbers went from 37 down to, I think it was 19 and a half, and then slowly down to um, uh, 8 and 6. And um, so I'm, I'm doing very well. Uh, it was a much more benign treatment in terms of instead of being sick for two weeks, I was maybe down for four or five and um, um, just tremendous change in my quality of life um, in the last year, year, year and a half. So I'm Excellent. doing well. Yeah, that's great. Those are some good numbers too. Yeah, yeah. Yep. So, all right, let's get to some of your key learnings because clearly you have the um, track record to, to develop these key learnings. So, you know, if you had to, if I, if you had to kind of uh, hold yourself to one answer, at least in this moment. To what do you attribute your resilience and your ability to thrive throughout this very, I would characterize, challenging journey? Um, I'd say that being in the moment and deciding that... Um, whether the resources were within me or around me, um, uh, giving up was not even an option. Somebody said to me just recently, I don't, you know, who is going through cancer treatment, um, they said, they said, I can hardly imagine going through the rest of the treatment I'm going through. I can't imagine 11 and a half years of what you've gone through off and on. And I said, well, the alternative was never an acceptable option. And so even though I would acknowledge and not deny or not bury what I was going through physically, it's I kept my, my focus and my awareness on what I could do, if that yeah. makes sense. Mm-hmm. Does that it does. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yeah, absolutely. Now, you know, we've talked about 
um, diet and chemotherapy and natural treatments and, and all of those concrete practical things that, that we often talk about. But you have such a spiritual inclination. I'm curious, how significant has your spiritual practice been in your healing and in your ability to be resilient? Uh, it's been very key. It's been very key. And it's not um, how many minutes a day I meditate. It's not, it, It's but it's this knowing inside that um, I have help, that um, that even when I feel like it's up to me, which it is, um, it's up to me to also open up to um, to the healing energy that's available to all of us and to seek out practitioners. You know, I have a friend who does Qigong healing. I've done things with um, photonic light therapy. Um, <coughs> um, I found out very early on when I was recovering from the hysterectomy um, that most people who send prayers and healing start at about 10.30 to 11.30 at night. And I started noticing that if I wasn't asleep before 10.30, I'd get this surge of energy and be up till 2 in the morning. Hmm. And I could feel that. It was tangible. And, you know, it strengthened my faith and, and because of the difference of how I felt. Yeah, so important. So you uh, sent this wonderful list, and you called it Things I've Learned Over the Past 10 Years of Off-and-On Allopathic Cancer Treatments and Surgery, and there's several delightful gems in this list, and I'm going to let you pick one of your favorites, but before you do, one of my favorites on the list is in bold. It's the only one in bold, as a matter of fact, and it says, Keep Your Power. So I'm wondering if you could just talk a little bit about what you mean by that. Um, it's so important not to let other people, uh, whether it be doctor, family, or friends, scare you with their fears, with their attitudes, or with their beliefs of what you should do or what they would do. And and so many times, you know, uh, when people have come to me asking, you know, what I've done and what I would do, and I and I will share with them and and I'll ask them, so how much pressure are you getting to go for uh, chemo, radiation, or surgery immediately? You know, how much pressure is coming at you to do something instantly before you've thought about it? Or I'll talk to them about how fear plays a role instead of, you know, going inside and knowing what's good for you. And and the answer might be to have chemo, radiation, or, or uh, surgery, or any of the above. But it may not need to be the first sequence. And one of the things that, that I was very clear on about keeping my power is the last surgery I had, they brought in a vascular surgeon because one of the tumors was on an artery to my heart. And they told me that um, I could lose a leg. And there was a part of me that up until three days before my surgery, I wasn't sure inside that I was going to live through that surgery. And I knew that I had to get my head on straight and I had to be centered going in or I wouldn't have come out whole. And 
you know, I just went to the well and I went deep inside and I asked for guidance and that guidance is available to all of us. And sometimes we have to work harder at it than others. And as I didn't know that I had been in an induced, you know, coma to ke- because it had been an eight-hour surgery and as I was waking up in ICU, my first conscious thought was uh, to touch one foot to the other to make sure they were both there. And then I just smiled inside it. <laughs> you know, <laughs> and I, I smiled. It was the best thing, first thought. And, you know, the thing is, but when I went into that surgery, I knew beyond a shadow of a doubt I was going to come out of it. And my vision is there's so much that uh, not just everybody has a lot to live for, but I know that I have so much to do in this life and... um I really feel and have felt from the beginning that the cancer is not going to kill me. Mm. You know, wow. Yeah, yeah. I've always uh, felt that. Yeah, and sorry to interrupt, but, uh, you know, you have just been through so much, Elaine, and, and I just love I love your positive attitude. And, and I'm just curious, when you think of the future, what do you look forward to the most? There's a bunch of things. Um, I'm about 85% done with a book that not on what I've come through with cancer, but with the teaching that I've done over the years and what I'm doing now. And I feel like I'm just scratching the surface with what I'm doing with my students. Um, I have a wonderful relationship with my husband of almost 35 years. We just had a new granddaughter a month ago. Mm. Um, and there's just so much I, 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 that my life is filled with. And um, the challenge is sometimes remembering after I've come out of an immune therapy treatment or if there's a little um, upturn in my numbers to just breathe. Just breathe. Mm-hmm. And yeah. and to be in that moment of feeling my center and my breath, and and remember, you know the word remember is re means again, and then me, you know. So remember me again, mm-hmm. and remember my core again, and um, it it brings the aliveness back. Yeah. Well, gosh, Elaine, you are just a treasure for this world, and I'm so delighted we had the opportunity to hear some of your wisdom indeed. It's really been a delight to have you on this show and to just hear you talk about life and your experience with ovarian cancer. So I want to thank you for being with us this evening, and uh, do you have a website that you would like to share with our listeners? Uh, Sure, if they want to. It's uh, Rev, R-E-V. ElaineThomas.com. Great. Awesome. ElaineThomas.com. Wonderful. Thank Perfect. you so much. I've really loved talking with the two of you, and um, thank you for giving me the opportunity to share.
Yeah, absolutely. It's been our pleasure, Elaine. So it is time for our final break. So stay with, with us when we come back. Dr. Alshuler and I will continue this conversation. Stay tuned. We'll be right back. Attention all cancer survivors, are you ready to thrive? Hello, I'm Dr. Lisa Schuler, And I'm Carolyn Gazella, and we are the creators of the new iThrive Cancer Survivor Online Wellness Plan. iThrive creates an individualized wellness plan specifically based on your health needs. We focus on five key areas to improve your health. Diet, movement, environment, rejuvenation, and spirit. After completing a short survey, an individualized iThrive plan will be created just for you. Your plan will contain recommended, interactive, interesting, and innovative action steps in these five key areas of lifestyle. The iThrive plan will help you to recover from cancer treatment, reduce your risk of recurrence, and to achieve optimal wellness. In other words, it will help you thrive. For more information about the iThrive plan, visit www.ithriveplan.com. That's ithriveplan.com. Check it out today and receive a special time-limited offer. Visit www.ithriveplan.com today. It's time to thrive, everyone. Are you interested in boosting your brain power? So am I. This is Carolyn Gazella, co-host of 5 to Thrive Live, and I'm here to tell you about a supplement that I take. The human brain needs a lot of nutrition to stay focused throughout the day. Citicoline naturally enhances energy-producing centers within the brain. Cognizant delivers a clinically tested, patented form of citicoline that supplies your brain with the energy it needs to stay sharp. Look for Cognizant on the label, or for more information, visit Cognizant.com. That's Cognizant.com. Welcome back to 5 to Thrive Live. I'm Dr. Lisa Schuler, and I'm here with Carolyn Gazella. Well, we just had a very inspirational conversation, as I knew it would be, with Elaine Thomas, Reverend Elaine Thomas. She talked about her journey with ovarian cancer, and, you know, I have to say, she, just in describing it, you really don't get a sense of how much she's lived through. I mean, pardon my language, but she's been through hell with this diagnosis, and yet... She has this most amazing resilience. I mean, if you listen to her language, even in describing things, she constantly came back to, but, you know, I never stopped believing in. I always, you know, I continued to search for, I, you know, I made the decision to move forward. I mean, she just continually bounces back into life. And I think that is such, you can't really teach that. I think we can, we can teach ourselves that or we can I don't know train ourselves to become more resilient but that I believe is the key to health whether or not you actually die from your cancer getting to the point of the end of our life wherever that might be with health I think is absolutely dependent on resilience and I think Elaine is such a beautiful example of that 
Oh, gosh, she has that in spades. I mean, you know, you can tell her mantra is attitude is everything. And she uh, walks the talk and breathes and lives it. And I, I really... Um, I really have a lot of respect for her, and I, I just, you know, she's been through so much. Um, I almost wish we could have gone into a little more, bit more detail, but you definitely get the sense that, you know, that these 12 years, I mean, she was very honest about it. You know, there were some dark times, and uh, the 12 years have not been easy. I mean, my gosh, five recurrences of ovarian cancer, and then constantly being uh, mindful of that CA-125 number, you know, it's it can be maddening. Um, and yet she's, she's held her, she's held her own and she's, you know, you know, at least one thing I really, I loved how she described spirit and how connected she is to her spiritual healing, you know, knowing that, um, that that spirit was inside of her all the time to help her. So that just in and of itself is telling her that she's not alone. She's not mm-hmm. doing this alone because there's a bigger picture and there's a higher power and there's, you know, however she wants to embrace it. But the fact that she she called it tangible, like mm-hmm. this is this is something that she could physically feel and and be and um, and I, I just think that that that's really uh, a key to to anybody's healing. Um, you know, spirit is a big part of the I Thrive Plan, and you know it's a big part. Of, of my life and I know that it's a big part of your life and um, so yeah she's she's a walking testimonial of the power of, of spirit uh, as well as attitude is everything yeah yeah and I think that um, they go together and certainly having that very as you said tangible sense of her spiritual nature I think gives her the energy to be resilient and to re-emerge back into her life you know she didn't get a chance to go through some of the other things that she learned but um, I'm going to read one that I think relates to the attitude uh, too so I'm just going to read it exactly as she wrote it so she said it's okay to have a bad attitude just keep it to two seconds 20 seconds two minutes or two hours at a time and then put up your big kid panties and do something (laughs) different even if you don't feel like it and I think that you know that so that you know kind of communicates that yes in order to even do that you have to have the motivation or the desire to to put on your big kid panties and you know move away from whatever is troubling you but at the same time that's a commitment and this is not something resilience doesn't really just happen to you you have to work at it and i think you have to commit to it and have the discipline to really continually i keep coming up with the word reemerge but that's what it feels like you know you kind of dive down in the muck of of life or your experience and you have to push yourself off the bottom and reemerge um, to really kind of get a sense of where you are again. So, you know, I just think that's a good reminder. Yeah, absolutely. The other thing that I liked is her honesty about support groups. And she was also talking about how she learned to use her intuition. And, you know, it's, it's so funny because when you have a diagnosis of cancer, um, the, the, the people who are supporting you and, and your own journey you you hear a lot of you should you should really do this you should really try this you should really mm-hmm. this that and and that can sometimes come with support groups and i have to say that i was never a support group kind of kind of gal i know that the scientific literature tells us that support groups can be very powerful but in her case uh because she is so empathetic and and because she was kind of fearful of the type of uh energy 
that would be in the support group. She actually shielded herself from support groups and she kind of created her own support group. So like, okay, these are the people that when I'm having a down day, I can complain and, you know, uh, you know, vent and everything else. And these are the people that are, you know, positive. And so she kind of created her own support group. Um, but I just thought that was really an honest interpretation of one aspect that she said, you know what, I'm not going to do that. I'm going to trust my intuition. And my intuition is telling me not to do that support group. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And that's, yeah, it's a really good point. And I think in general, you know, balancing, as she said, balancing her intuition and her left brain and really making sure that she, and, and you know, creating a team of providers around her as well to kind of safeguard her decisions so that she's not, you know, uh, kind of feeling over overly dependent on just her, her intuition, although that she includes that very much in her decision-making process. So I think using that whole collective of resources, both inner and outer, is where people make good decisions for themselves. Yeah, I think Elaine is a, a prime example of what you and I have said for years and years. There is a lot we can learn from cancer survivors. There's just so much, so much learning, mm-hmm. so much teaching, so much sharing. Um, so I'm glad when we do these shows. I, I really am. It's it's really a yeah. treat for me. Yeah, good. Well, it's time for us to wrap up, but I want to make sure that you all know that next week is a week you want to join Carolyn and I again. We have Dr. Rick Brinkman on the show. He's been on the show before. He has a lot to say, and he's going to talk to us next week very specifically about how to communicate with your doctor. I think this is a very important topic, particularly nowadays when doctors are so rushed. Um, So learning how to communicate with your doctor to really get your needs met is important. So it's going to be a great show. And of course, in the meantime, enjoy the rest of your evening and may you experience joy, laughter, and love. Carolyn, what time is it? It's time to thrive, everyone. Have a great night. I'll say you're-